Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We're going to jump in today. Um, if you are a visitor with us, uh, we are in a series where we're looking at the, the book of Acts. And um, we, we are calling this series all through the summer. We're going to do this for the next two months, really, where we're just going through the book of Acts. Call it the Supernatural Church. And uh, there's a reason behind this. Um, we we, we want to see how the church in Acts operated and then ask the question, how do we get back there again? Because I, I don't know if you've noticed, but all over the world, things are happening, great things are happening. But in America, we've got a little tension in church life right now. Got a little tension how the church operates. And I'm wondering if it's because we've gotten off track with where the Lord has had us at and how, he's supposed to, how we're supposed to operate. And we've got the game plan in the book of Acts. And so we're asking and we're looking and we're studying what are characteristics that marked the first church and made it supernatural? What are those characteristics? Here's what the church should look like. Here's how the church lived like. And we're going, let's get back to our roots, which is gonna take a measure of humility in our hearts to go, maybe we've missed the mark, amen? And that's okay. It's okay to take a step back, say maybe we've missed the mark on God's model. Open hearts, our open mindsets to what it is that we're missing and get back on God's model. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I believe this is going to be what brings in either the next revival or great way. But it's going to take you and I humbling ourselves and going back out of what we think church should be and ask the question, Jesus, what do you think church, church should be? And I'm going to tell you right now, you will not find anywhere in scripture where the church was not supernatural. <laughs> They operated in the supernatural, and, and so this is near and, and dear to our heart. And so I think one of the biggest things that the first church carried was a family DNA. I think they carried a family DNA in such unity, not just were acquaintances, but a family DNA of brothers and sisters that opened up the heavens and God moved. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I started this last week, ran out of time, probably going to run out of time this week too. Just throwing this out, okay? But I want to talk a little bit about what this looks like. So... Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 is really a theme verse for us at Reliance, right? Ephesians 4, starting verse 11, that he gave some to be pastors, evangelists, uh, apostles, prophets, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And then he goes on, he says, so that we reach, right now, I believe it's time for the church, we reach maturity in the fullness of Jesus. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, I believe it's time for the church to get back to maturity again, Amen. There's a quote that I read that says, if equipping does not take place in the church, if people aren't using their gifts again for the body of Christ, the body of Christ is doomed to perpetual adolescence. And I'm going to tell you right now, how many guys want your adolescence to grow up every now and again? So here we are, and we're asking these questions of going, Lord, how do we get back to the roots in which you have put us on in the book of Acts? The church was always supernatural. In fact, it was odd. If it didn't operate in, super, in the supernatural, it was odd. In fact, the, the word has things to say about in Revelation. The church is not operating in the supernatural. We're called lukewarm. And the church is not operating in the supernatural. Had another term to him for another church that he talks about where he says, they have the appearance of being alive, but they're dead. So here we go, asking this question of going, why is this so passionate to you? And he goes, because my church is always going to operate in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's supernatural. 
The early church was this charismatic community, formed or whatever you're going, oh, charismatic. Sometimes you hear the word charismatic, you start to freak out, especially if you grew up reformed or whatever, you're going, oh, charismatic, there's tension there. I'm just telling you right now, the early church was a charismatic community of believers. Read the book of Acts, here's what you'll see. Holy Spirit breaks out, and this is what you see. Prison breaks that are supernatural, healings, prophecy, demons being cast out, angelic encounters, visions, evangelistic preaching that leads to thousands knowing Christ on a daily basis, the, the dead being brought back to life, a supernatural boldness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this, this is what you read right here. This is how the church operated. And to them, it wasn't like, wow, this is really weird. They're like, this is normal. We encounter Jesus and, and it's normal. So there's two things when you read that. Either God stopped doing those things or we stopped walking in God's ways. And I have a feeling that God never stopped doing those things. So maybe we stopped walking in God's ways. So we take a step back, we get back on course and we say, Jesus, where do you have us at? And I think out of all of those things, those healings, those prison breaks, those angelic encounters, all of those things came actually out of this moment where they were all in unity in one accord. They had one heart. We talked about this last week, power in unity. And so maybe out of all the supernatural things in, that we just read, one of the biggest things is that thousands and thousands of people could get together and have one heart. And they called themselves family. And this is why I believe to start the supernatural church again, we can no longer be acquaintances, we have to be family. We can no longer just be like, I kind of know you, we have to be in the throes together. And when this happens, it says, it says, my Bible says, God moves. When they're in one accord, Holy Spirit shows up. When they're in unity, Holy Spirit moves. And we saw a little bit of this, I read, I read the report to you two weeks ago. We had people in here laying hands on the family, Michelle's family. We had people extending hands out. It was an unbelievable scene. And her dad's healed. I'm just telling you, let's just trust the Lord. Amen? Let's just trust the Lord. Yeah. Did you know in the early church, they didn't have to put up banners to get people into their buildings? Partly because they probably didn't have buildings, but they didn't have to do marketing. They didn't have to do any of those things. They didn't have to convince you. They didn't have to recruit you. They simply got together in supernatural community. People were dressed and poor. How is it happening that thousands of people that are slaves and free and rich and middle class and poor, how is it that Gentiles and Romans, how is it that all of these people are coming together and they're all in one accord? And people were drawn to that and then they preached the gospel with fervency and people says, I want that. They were cut to the heart. This is how the church operated. Not flash and glam, just a true testimony of Jesus Christ. Unified together as a body. So, John 17, we, we spring, kind of springboarded off of this last week. Jesus' high priestly prayer, here it is, I've got to set it up again. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. The Holy Spirit was given to Jesus without limit. He says, it's better that I go. He pours out the Holy Spirit. And listen what he says, that they may be one even as we are one. We would not be one without the Holy Spirit. This is why it's the supernatural church. So the Holy Spirit, his glory was given to you and I that we may be one. And he tells us why. I and them, you and me, that they may become perfectly one. I don't think we've reached perfectly one right now. The church in America, I don't think we're there. We have a thousand denominations, thousand divisions, thousand people running their own directions, and I don't think we're perfectly one. 
And he says this, so that they may become perfect. All this happened at Pentecost. I'm going to read it to you here. You sent me and loved them even as you've loved me. So we saw this happen at Pentecost. I'm going to read it to you here in a moment. They became, in a supernatural way, perfectly one. And because of that, daily, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were getting saved. And we can read that and say, oh, that's just, that's good Bible right there. But I just don't think it's for our time. And then it goes back to either God's wrong or we're wrong. Who do you think's wrong? I promise you we are. So here's what he says. Pours out the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Now I'm, I read the Bible word for word and believe it. It is the absolute truth of God. So I read these words and he says they had all. Somebody say all. All, all things in common. I don't think he's lying. I think he meant something supernatural happened to them and everything now they had was in common. And here's why. They started selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing it to all who had need. And day by day, they started attending the temple together, breaking bread together in their homes. They were family. Something was happening. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. Listen to what it says. Having favor with all the people. Remember what he said up there in his priestly prayer. When they become one, the world's going to know me. When the disciples and the first Christian church became one, the world started taking notice and had favor for them. Now, look what he goes. He says, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here's what's happening they're in one accord. God's doing a supernatural work. They're becoming family. All of a sudden, their possessions and their things and their jobs and their titles and their statuses and all these things didn't matter anymore. They had one focus, and it was Jesus. Yeah. Acts chapter 4, 32. He's gonna, this is how important it is. He's going to reiterate it. Now, the full number, not just all, now the full number of those who believed. You're talking thousands at this point. The full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Do you know how difficult it is just to get 100 people to agree with one another? Do you know how difficult it is to get this one another? I still don't know where we're eating lunch today, all right? This, this is a supernatural thing that happens in our life when all of a sudden the full number of them, thousands of them, were of one heart and one soul. And no one said, no one said that any of the things that they had belonged to them or was their own, but they had everything in common. And look what happens. So here's the result of that. And with great power, the apostles were giving the testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. Like, this is the way the church operated and was still supposed to operate. And if you're reading this and you're going, man, there seems to be a little kind of social, little socialistic tendencies in that. No, no, no. The government didn't take it. The people freely gave it away out of their love for Christ. Amen? Amen. And so they shared everything in common. I was telling last service, I, I, there's a little tension in my heart because I'm OCD. Sharing's hard for me. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I remember talking with some couples one time on like this retreat. It was like a couple's retreat. And somehow it came up and these couples were like, oh yeah, when you know, so-and-so forgets their toothbrush, we, just sh we, we share toothbrushes. And I'm like, gag me. I'll just go buy you a new one. That's For sharing, we're just not going to share toothbrushes. We talk about this a lot, don't we, baby? Like, it's just, I love you. I'll just go buy you a new one. That's just way. <laughs> so, so they're talking about all things radical moving and then... Paul will tell us in a sync with one another, Jesus starts moving, and then 
Paul will tell us in Ephesians 3 what this whole purpose is for. Ephesians 3 verse 10, Paul says, God's purpose in all of this. And what he's going to talk about is Paul just said that we've been adopted into the family of God by believing in Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into his family. He says God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I'm read that one more time. He wants to use you and I coming together, his purpose of adopting us in, in our rich variety, brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to what he says. He wants to use us and he wants to put us on display to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That was like mind-blowing to me when I read that because you and I coming together as brothers and sisters, family DNA, as a supernatural way, puts on notice all the demonic activity and the brokenness of Satan and it puts on notice that they cannot have the people of God anymore. This is why wherever the disciples went and the men and women of God went, this is why there were sweeping healings through the streets. It was crazy. You'd leave one of those meetings going, I just don't know. But the guy's legs grew back. And the dead came out of their tombs. I'm just saying, when I read my Bible, this is the way the church operates. He didn't say, and then 20 years later it should change. And then 200 years later, it should change. And then 2,000 years later, it should He didn't say that. And so, what are we missing, church? Everywhere they went, God began to move. And this, verse 11, this was his eternal plan all along. Do you want to know why it was his eternal plan? Because when he cast down Satan, when he cast down Satan and he nailed, nailed, when Jesus was nailed to the cross and he put on shame Satan and he broke the curse that Satan had put on man. When all of that was taken away, now we get to put to shame Satan every time we come together as family. Every time. This was eternal plan. Which we've seen rulers and authorities, we put them to shame. This was eternal plan which he carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. No other community is marked like this. You join your PTOs all day long. I'm just telling you, you're not marked like this. You join your HOA associations all day long. You're fighting over who mows the grass the wrong way. There's, you don't find this unless the supernatural nature of the Holy Spirit is upon you. So we talk family all the time in here. And I'm just telling you, you want to know what a beautiful household sounds like? Peace. <laughs> when I walk into my house, oh, I don't hear any yelling going on. What? They're actually sitting together and talking? Like, it's a beautiful thing when my kids and my family is in unity together. Do you know what a beautiful household of God is together? When all of his brothers and sisters and all of his family and all of his kids are in unity together. And from that sound, heaven moves. From that sound, heaven moves. So, we talk family all the time. It's big to us. We don't use it as a fun phrase. It's not something like, we want you to hear. We, people even ask, like, do you guys do membership? We don't do membership. We do family. Why? Because family is important to us. We don't believe in loose community. We don't believe in, oh, I'm kind of in, kind of out. We're what God loves. Psalm 1 together. Why? Because God loves family. And we love what God loves. Psalm 133 says this, behold, how good and pleasant it, it is when brothers dwell in unity. 
Here's what the NLT says. thing that he's trying to tell us, how beautiful it is. Verse 2, it's like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard. On the beard, anoint kings and anoint priests with oil. And that anointing with oil was to say, you've been anointed by the Lord. The Lord has set you apart. And he's saying that when we come together and live in harmony as family, family DNA, supernatural church, when we do that, the anointing of God is on you. He'll tell us even the next step. He'll say this. He'll say, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. When we come together as family in Christ, there is life forevermore. The family DNA is the start of the supernatural church. Family has always been God's heart. Genesis chapter 2, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Do you know every verse before this, the only thing the Lord said is, it is good? It is good, it is good, it is good. He created this, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then all of a sudden he creates man and for the first time we read, it is not good for the man to be alone. We should tune into that. If you think that you're out there and you don't need family, you're here to get your spiritual fix and once you get your fix, you don't need to do life with anybody else. I'm just telling you, brother, sister, you're mistaken. You need family. You need family because God says you need family. You need family because God says it's not good if you're alone. And so, this is his DNA upon us. His DNA is that we're not supposed to be alone. In fact, God's primary goal for humanity, outside of giving him glory, praise, and honor, that's the number one goal. Outside of that, God's primary goal for humanity is a loving community. It's Jesus' prayer, John 17. All that they would be a loving community so that they will bring me glory, so that the world will see me, but oh, that they would be a loving community, that they would be more than just a bunch of church attenders, that they would be a loving community. Jesus will say the same thing. Matthew 12, verse 46, you get this weird scene where Jesus' brothers and mothers come knocking on his door. He's with a bunch of people. It says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother's brothers stood outside. Who are my brothers? You can see his mom going. He replied to the man who told them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? You can see his mom going, I will slap you, Jesus. I raised you. Verse 49, Jesus, stretching out his hand towards his disciples, said, here are my mother and my brothers, for, whatever, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. What did he just say? He's not dishonoring his mom. He loves, he's got to honor culture. First century, man, the family was big. He's honoring his mother and brothers. He loves them with everything he has. But here's what Jesus is saying in this moment. He's going, I'm extending my table. The way that I see these brothers and sisters around this table is I see them as family. We are blood brothers and sisters bought with the blood of Jesus. You're blood in, blood out, all right? When we go, hey, we're not blood relatives, we are blood relatives. By the blood of Jesus. And so how we treat one another and how we come together and what we do for one another and how we live life together is important for the supernatural church to go forward. So why is this a big deal? Because all of us want to belong. Every heart has a desire. That's why gangs form. That's why we form clubs. That's why we do these things. That's great. I created you. We want to belong. And Jesus is saying, that's great. I created you with the heart to belong. Just belong to the right thing. Talking about reliance. This is, the table's bigger to give you life. And FYI, I'm not just talking about reliance. This is, the table's bigger than this building. 
There are so many brothers and sisters out there that we can do life with. I just, I just think about this time, man, where just, I don't know how many millions of believers are, are in the United States, but can you imagine if it was said about all the believers in the United States, they had one heart and one mind. Every denomination, every ethnic background, every social class, they had one heart, they had one mind. Jesus becomes the focal point for these believers, not status, not stature, but him. And this is the words of Jesus, that he comes to set you free, that there's freedom, that there's abundant life, there's joy, peace, there's wholeness, there's fullness, complete, lacking nothing. This is why people were drawn to the supernatural community in Acts. So, I'm gonna, I wanna pray over you guys. I'm lots of, come on up back here, Ryan. So Ryan and I, we, we, we have a heart to pray two things over you today. Um, first and foremost, there's, I think there's gonna be some things that you and I have to give a little bit in on to be family, true family. I think that first and foremost, to be true family, we're gonna have to be open and vulnerable with one another. You gotta let people inside of you, and, 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 and I, I know that that openness and vulnerability, for some of you are going, yeah, but people are gonna see the ugly parts. How many guys have ugly parts? Every hand should be up. We all have ugly parts. I love this quote that I read from Matt Chandler that comes from the explicit gospel. He says, love says, I've seen the ugly parts of you and I'm staying. So if you've got ugly parts, we're staying. We're in. It takes commitment. It takes openness, it takes commitment. Look, we, you gotta show up. I'm not talking about Sunday mornings. You gotta show up, you gotta do life with people. You gotta mix it up, you gotta rub shoulders, you gotta rub elbows, you gotta be there. It takes some commitment, which means it's gonna be some sacrifice and some effort to truly do family. They broke bread together daily, went to the temple daily, watched God move together daily. We're gonna have to make space. Stimo's a perfect example. Our house is your house. Our stuff is your stuff. I swing by and grab your boat one day, just let it go, all right? Just, just, just let it go. You take my toothbrush, we got problems. Oh man, we truly though, it, it takes time. We gotta make room for one another. It takes risk. When you open your heart in vulnerability and share some things in honesty, then your brothers and sisters get to come around you and hold you into accountability to make sure that we don't continue to stumble and fall. And you gotta be like, humility, humility. It takes humility in family. Hey, I was wrong. Help me walk in this. And then finally, it takes patience. We're all at different levels. So we're gonna be patient with one another as we grow. There was a cool word that uh, Pastor Tony, our kids pastor, shared a couple weeks ago. The Lord gave him just kind of a vision as he was thinking about the church and praying and was in worship. And he just said, the Lord kind of spoke to his heart. He's like, Tony, this place is gonna be an open door and you're gonna see a lot of people come in that look broken and really like people that you probably wouldn't mix it up with and I want you to love them. Vision, like people are gonna flood. And Tony just came up, he had tears in his eyes. He's like, and I'm telling you, the Lord gave me a vision. Like people are gonna flood through the doors and it's probably not gonna be people that typically you would do life with. And the Lord is saying, love them. Love them. So, Ryan's gonna pray over that. I'm gonna pray over you guys, but you guys stand up for a moment, and then we'll close out. So first and foremost, I'm gonna pray that we can commit to being family. It's not a, like, 
no emotional charge. I'm just asking the life of the Supernatural Church's family. So would you guys extend your hands out? I just want you to receive this prayer that you want to be family. Not acquaintances, not church attenders, but family. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every heart in this room would see themselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that they would see themselves as wanted and valued in this family. I pray that the one that feels lost and the one that feels lonely in here would see all of a sudden, would see with spiritual eyes and would sense with a spiritual heart, I've got brothers and sisters that cared with our hands extended out. So God, would you open our hearts in this room with our hands extended out and would you lay out the DNA of family that brings about the supernatural church. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands extended if you would just for a moment. I'd like to pray for supernatural grace as future brothers and sisters come into Christ. They come into the family and there's some jagged edges. I have some jagged edges and I'm thankful for you all living stones as we tumble against each other that I'm being refined more and more into the image of Christ. So I am. I'm thankful for each one of you. And I'm also praying for those that do come in that they come in with some messiness and some junk and we say you're welcome here let's let's do discipleship together what it, what it looks like to be lovers of Jesus so I'm gonna pray that over us because we need it I need it I need his supernatural grace to love like Jesus loves amen let's pray Jesus we thank you with open arms and open hands we invite you Holy Spirit give us grace upon grace upon grace and just as you give us new mercies and new grace every morning Jesus I am praying for supernatural Holy Spirit filled grace Lord as people walk through our doors and it is messy Lord that we are committed to doing life and, and, and just welcoming those that come in and, and, and desire to know you Jesus help us not to be judgmental or critical God, give us grace to love well, to truly love as we have been loved for freely. We have received and now freely we will give and walk with people in discipleship to become lovers, deep lovers of Jesus. We pray for supernatural grace this day and every day forward. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So let's close out with all of God's promises and let's just close out with one heart, one body, one mindset today. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.